0: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco. Of course, joined by my co-host, Kyle Taylor. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. We've got the best quarter ever for, for shipping containers. We've got a very special guest later on in the show. It's Cinco de Mayo. And we've got, stay tuned for the end, TikTok reactions with Luke and Kyle. Kyle,
1: Bienvenidos! Yes, it's Cinco de
0: Mayo. I am super
1: happy. We're gonna be. Cel- I'll be celebrating, celebrating. later today. Well, um, you, hold
0: on, you started with we, but then immediately cut that out to I. I, so I don't, not me I'm and trying Luke, to understand Just Kyle and family. And uh, why? Why am I sitting up here with you right now?
1: we're forced to it's uh so we do get paid to do this, <laughs> i think no it's no it's cinco de mayo it's hump day it's with yeah. sonar day it's a fantastic it's the first real week of may so first real week of may yeah it's not the fake week it's the yeah. first real week probably, of may probably
0: one of the best months i think out of the year 100
1: percent. May. may the fourth be with you
0: yep.
1: cinco de mayo
0: and we are ha- almost halfway through quarter two almost halfway through quarter two. And what a quarter it's in. Speaking of quarters, so we were uh, looking at Mares, right? Yep. Obviously, no surprise that oh, no surprise that shipping containers or the shipping world has been on fire, right? You've seen rates go up on shipping containers. You can't even get a container, you know, except for months in advance, or you got to pay through the nose, like absolutely insane. And probably what hasn't come to surprise is Mares, the largest Shipping vessel or shipping yep. carrier in the world. If you're not familiar, um, had their best quarter ever in ocean. Just period. this year, Just ever? This, ever, ever, ever.
1: And a they've big been in deal. business
0: for how long? Like hundred years? Yeah.
1: No, that's insane.
0: Like, I mean, I think close to that. Actually, like, so they reported net income for Q1 of 2021. I'm about to throw some big numbers at you. Net income, not revenue. Net income, profit. Two. Point seven billion in Q one. Again, net income, not revenue. Revenue was obviously more than that. For reference, in Q one of twenty twenty, it was one hundred and ninety seven million. Like over one hundred and sixty percent up. Like
1: we're talking about some massive gains.
0: That's ten x. Yeah, it's not even ten x.
1: Yeah, it's not even. Oh, some Dogecoin gains. Yeah, that, that's parabolic. Throw any Come kind on, of words you want, <laughs> <laughs> want to throw in there. No, it's it's massive. And, and so that's kind of coming back. I mean, what happens when there's limited capacity? And it's very fortunate that the, yeah. these steamship lines, there's only like seven of them. Yep. So when you have limited supply and you have an overabundance of demand and you have the US economy that just seems to be buying everything made yeah. outside of the United States right now, And it's just causing so many importing containers and TEUs and total shipments coming in
0: that we're seeing a huge wave coming our way. It's almost as if the freight industry, in this particular example, maritime in particular, is a perfect representation of supply and demand 101. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Also, can we take a minute to pause? How about... How about, how about these shirts? How do we look right now?
1: These are these are awesome. We could, we could get, freight, a, get
0: a back view you know, on this back, as well. Man, look at that. This is so, our view. I new... mean, I appreciate you showing it to me, but they wanted to see it, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> <trying> so... <laughs> <laughs> the big circle didn't work. The big circle didn't work. <laughs> anyway, freight, it says, it might be hard to see. It says Freightways Carbon Intelligence, um, which is part of the carbon initiative that released. So it's part of Sonar SCI, Supply yep. Chain Intelligence, which helps benchmark rates for shippers, carriers, yep. and brokers at a contract level. This will help folks, shippers, and carriers be able to benchmark their carbon footprint on a per lane basis. Does and, it. a ton of crazy calculations. It's amazing. and
1: any of you who sign up for a demo to to look at supply chain intelligence will actually get this shirt. You can have this again. shirt. Say it again. You you said, man, Luke, Kyle, how does that shirt make you guys look like you're in Say shape? It again, one because we might be. Two because you can have this shirt and it can help you out. So- it's tapered, it's athletic, it's dry it fit. Is.
0: It's very comfortable. I actually worked out in it the other day. Yeah. I haven't watched it since. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Um, no,
1: no, but, but on that second note, talking about a perfect balance of supply and demand, carriers now, second article that uh, we've posted that our own Zach Strickland wrote up for yep. us earlier this week, What is is referencing that. Are carriers actually getting smarter? Are, what we're seeing, and so what we mean by that, are from 2018 we saw a super uh, influx of tender rejections were up. There was a there was a ton of demand out there, but we supplied the market. And so Zach just actually wrote us a, a a very meaningful article that's really breaking down that truck orders are actually on a decline yeah, so carriers are actually not buying as many new trucks right now as they did back in October and November. So we're not seeing a continual up and to the right of of new truck orders, which is saying, are these carriers finally saying that if we keep supply like the like the steamship lines, yeah. we keep supply the same, we might be able to capitalize on this demand for a lot longer period. That's it. Don't it's know if smart. that's exactly what they're thinking, but
0: you know. so who cares if it's what they're thinking? It appears that that's what's happening and that's right. valuable. Now, we've got a great lot of, again, remember, stay tuned for the end. Luke and Kyle will be re- reacting to tick, funny TikTok videos. The challenge is to not laugh. They are chosen out by our media team. We have not seen these ahead of time. That'll come in a little bit. Before we get to that, we've got a very special guest here today. Very special the executive vice president of Reed TMS Logistics, Michael Fulham. Michael, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Absolutely. Happy you got Cinco any good plans? Yeah. When I'm done with this, I'm going to have a few
2: coronas. There, there we, you
1: go. So the only way to celebrate. <laughs> it's the only way to yeah. celebrate. So so you're coming you from Philly. When I get
2: home. Yeah, Philadelphia.
1: So, Philly, does that, uh, you guys got a lot of taco shacks or good, good Mexican places you can go to? We have
2: the best food. Whenever you guys come out here and bring me one of those shirts, uh, I'll <laughs> there take you
1: get
0: some taco pizza or whatever you guys need. Perfect. No, that's I'll, awesome. I'll second that, that best food. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
1: No, yeah. that's awesome. So, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of your position and, you know, what the impact has been, at least through COVID, and to where you are at now with, uh, over at Reed TMS.
2: Sure. Yeah. So my role is executive vice president
1: here at Reed TMS.
2: We're a private and family owned business, been around for 25 years. And there's really two facets to our business. There's the asset side and then there's the brokerage side. And then when we add strategic value, we're usually connecting the dots between the two. Um, so my role here is to support the branch network. I'm very involved in our sales strategy, uh, involved in analytics and forecasting like SOMAR. Um, and just trying in general to grow the business the way we want to grow it.
0: That's awesome. Appreciate that, Michael. So I think growth is a big thing right now. I, we talked to a lot of folks and some are, some are a little more conservative during this time when things are a lot higher, you know, they're trying to, you know, hold to the reins a little bit tighter, you know, Hey, like this is a, this is a big outlier year. It's everything's going to go back to normal. And there's others that are like, Hey, like, let's, let's take this time to bit pivot and do what we do best and take our strengths and just grow with this and hopefully come out as a much bigger player when it's all done. Um it seems like you guys are the ladder there. You're you're really trying to come out on top of this, really trying to grow. I guess what is there kind of a a process or a, a thinking process that makes you kind of, you know, go toward because there's a little bit more risk with that as well. Yeah, so prior to the the pandemic hitting, I think we had a little bit more of an appetite
2: towards service expansion, um, more of the traditional scale on the brokerage side. And I think we've adjusted our approach a little bit to be more focused on domestic truckload. But I think where we've changed the most is how we're engaging our clients and how we're constructing our customer portfolio. I think historically um, in this industry, we as brokers or carriers are going out and chasing the freight chasing the customers. How much freight can we get today? Is it a good market? Is it is it a loose market? How many customers do we need to work with? Close, 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 close. I think now that there's such demand for transportation, what we're trying to do is not necessarily grow for growth's sake, but instead forge long-term relationships centered around more transparency, more give and take, more value, more extended contracts or, or type of pricing engagements and less the onesie-twosie, you know, let me get on your RFP and, and submit a rate and go from there. I think that there's a place for that. I think we still play in that. But our, our goal right now is not necessarily to grow for growth's sake, but to grow with the right partners comfortably and come out of this with a better foundation than prior to going into COVID. Um, we're trying not to overcommit in certain regions or overcommit to certain customers. We're trying to build a business. Like I said before, we're private and family owned. Um, and our goal is to grow. You know, we wanna be, uh, one, we're already one of the top players, but we wanna continue. Um, and I think the way to do that is, is less grab freight and cover it and more about forging the right relationships centered around uh, the right technicals and mechanics and go from there. And I think those relationships can birth those new service lines or the new ways of doing things. And I think even the biggest in this industry have taken that approach, whether it was intentional or not, some of their best relationships took them to the next level, whether it be a value add or, or service line. So that's really where we're at. And I think the fact that we have assets and we do a brokerage at scale, we're able to do some of the things that some of the, the heavy hitters can't
0: do or, or don't want to. That's, that's really good feedback, Michael, and I, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, having those, right, you know, from, from a shipper's perspective, right, they're the one that pay all the bills for us, right? Yeah. So if they're going to eventually things, the volatility will die down eventually when that is, who knows when it is, but yep. the volatility will die down a little bit. Shippers will look back and they'll be like, these folks took care of us during that time. Yeah. So now that we're in the easy times, mm-hmm. have at it. Well, Here, and also I mean, take care of us further.
1: Let's look at the demand side of the equation as well. I mean, it, COVID has really put a lot of logistics professionals in a really good position so that you can be, I guess, picky. And, and so for a carrier in in your shoes, I mean, looking at how you utilize your assets is is how you you make sure your balance sheet is gonna come out on top and why you get that, try to get that operating ratio down as, as low as you possibly can. But it's been, I believe, 12 consecutive weeks of OTVI, which is the outbound tender volume index for the United States is above 15,000. Yeah. And to think that that was benchmarked at 10,000 back in 2018. And so just having the pick of the litter is allowed, I think from what you were talking about, Mike, your ability to kind of pick and choose and be strategic on who you're partnering with and lanes that you're covering. Exactly,
2: I think, I think that at the front end of the pandemic, maybe the first six months, it wasn't necessarily great for all logistics providers. I mm-hmm. mean, as a, a a brokerage of size and a carrier of size. When the pandemic hit, uh, rates went through the roof really quickly. Um, And when that happened, we were entangled in contracts. So we'd either lean on the relationships, maybe get a little bit more transparent, potentially risk the relationship, detangle those contracts uh, and go from there. Since then, we've kind of figured out what types of customers are good for us And what types of customers might benefit from REIT? And now things are getting back to the way that we wanted. Um, You know, to your point on volume, you know, does it subside? Eventually, it probably will. And I think when you are being picky and you're looking at this increased volume, you have to be very careful not to make all of your decisions based on profitability now. Um, I think some of your decisions need to be on how the conversation and what types of mechanics relationship is founded on whether it be pricing mechanics volume mechanics a mixture of um, multiple services but what you're looking for is partners that you've established trust with that there is a fair dynamic so that in those moments when the market goes through the roof or goes the wrong direction you're not chasing market share or you're not trying to, to detangle losses Uh, instead, you're having fair back and forth conversations centered around some sort of non-biased objective data and founded mechanics. And I think it produces better conversations. I think it takes some distrust out of the relationship. So our hope is that at the end of this, we have more of those relationships and maybe we we, we even discovered a few additional customers that appreciate that mindset and are giving us a shot at it.
1: No, that's a great point. And so given that you know, I guess the the I guess you could call it like the the post and spray or you know spray and pray, and you're just posting onto a lot of these load boards to try to get things covered. Being that you are a little bit picky, pickier about you know the lanes that you're that you're either putting on your asset or adding into your brokerage, how has that maybe changed your carrier relationships? Are you guys just trying to to spark any relate or any and all relationships, and just so that you can build a little bit of that network, or you know how do you how have you guys changed how you uh, I guess manage your carrier partners?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think it should be the focus of most of the people that, that are on my side of the fence. On the asset side, I think we do a very good job taking care of the drivers, not just financially, but including them in the business. And I think it's really important as a carrier that's trying to capture more market share that you capture, protect, develop, and take care of those drivers. Um, it's a little bit difficult on the equipment side because it's hard to find it. Um, So that's containing our scale a little bit. Um, On the brokerage side, I think it's really about developing the relationship with the carrier, making sure that they're trained and they can support the business and figuring out ways to motivate them to stick with you. It can't just be about the price today. Um, And I think from our shoes, the the brokers, the third-party carriers, or even like us, the asset-based players, the ones that can get control of the drivers, get the commitment from the drivers and the trucks, are going to be able to win the battles that they want to win. And for us, it's not winning every battle. You know, we don't need to be the number one provider to the biggest shipper in the world. Um, we just need to win the right battles and have the right fleets or right carriers underneath of us. So things like incentive programs, uh conversations, including them in you know, our pepper alleys, making them feel like they're a part of the team. Things like that, I think, are what's connecting us to the carrier base. And once you're connected, you you have the ability to develop that relationship from a business standpoint. Maybe they want to scale their fleet. Maybe they don't want to broker. Maybe they want to leverage us as a dispatch service. Maybe they don't want their own equipment. They want to be a driver. But that relationship gives us access to capacity. Capacity gives us access to business. And if you control the capacity, you can keep the business stable, you can have some semblance of control over costs and service and then you maintain those customer relationships you want over a long period of time.
0: I love that Michael. I think that that's really good stuff. Now, I guess going along with all of that, you've, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show and you've you've you're a very sophisticated data user. Where does, you know, when you take some of the experience? <laughs> yeah, okay. You take compared to somebody like me you are, okay? Yes. So um but no, I mean you—you you take you take your travel knowledge, right? Your experience in the field, and then you combine that with data, right? Where does where does data sit? And I guess you know what does, what, what does somebody look at to tell a story to their customers, right? Because I feel like that's where a lot of this boils down to, right? You have to tell a story to your customers, right? That is ultimately going to support the actions you're taking to service them, right? So where does where does that play a role? Huge, and it's getting. It's becoming almost a necessity with the right relationships.
2: Um, On the spa market, we're still using data, but it's more uh, the daily guidance. So the critical events tab, which we get a a nice little understanding of the weather and maybe things that might impact us in the next 12 to 24 hours. The U.S. summary, which is, you know, it talks about the outbound tender uh, volume index and rejection index, and then it breaks it down by motor equipment type and length of haul. So those things we're looking at on the daily to make sure that we're navigating the spot as appropriately as possible. And then I think there's a a next level to freight waves that we're we're starting to enter into, which is how do we collect, whether it be macroeconomic data, microeconomic data, lane specific data, whatever we can extract from freight waves that might be applicable to the customer's business and then down a level, the piece of the business that we focus on. And then using that intelligence to say, hey, listen, you don't have to take our word for it. These are the data sets that we're leveraging. They're non-biased, they're not read TMS data inputs, and there's a lot of it. There's a ton of data flowing through Sonar. So when we sit in front of them and say, this is what we're experiencing, this is why, and this is how it might impact your business, we're able to sit down, I think, on a, um, there's just more trust in the conversation. There's more faith in what you're saying. So I think it helps us open the door and have the right conversations. And then underneath that hood, there's specific, whether it be indices or tickers that we might leverage to use as benchmarks to monitor our costs, our performance, and then relate that back to the customer and say, hey, listen, you don't have to take our word for our performance. This is how we stack up. And that helps us both on the brokerage side and the asset
1: side. That's uh, That's phenomenal. And so... To that same point, you know, how are how are you kind of laying that out there? Is that so just something that you're put, presenting along with maybe some of your own service metrics on some of your current customers? And, well, I guess the better question would be, how are you how are you portraying this message to your current customers? And then how do you portray this message to pr- prospect customers that you're trying to enter in new business with?
2: Yeah, I think it's easier to do with existing customers. Because you have more of a platform, you know, whether it be... Uh, business reviews or annual reviews or or performance conversations, you have opportunities to to provide data and go through that data and get some feedback as to what they buy into, what they like. I've even gone as far as sitting down with with customers and walking through Sonar saying, these are some of the things that you can do with it, but instead of me trying to build a report and send it to you, why don't we explore this together? You tell me what's important. And some of the things that they are interested in are not things that I would have foreseen. You know, for me, walking into the conversation, I would think that it's, okay, what's volume doing, what's tender rejections doing, what are class 8 trucks doing, and all that stuff's very relevant, but uh, freight waves can take it a step further, whether it be some of the, the bank data or manufacturing data, that stuff's applicable to them, and in my past life, we had a lot of that data, whether it be things that might expose levels of consumer confidence, or the strength of the economy, or what's happening in their specific sector, whether it be retail or manufacturing. So for us to be able to go in with transportation-specific information and things that uh, explain where the market is today and where it might go tomorrow, but also speak to their industry and what's happening there, you're able to capture demand, supply specific to their business and have these conversations. On the prospecting side, a little bit more difficult you're not necessarily getting the time that you would need um that being said most of the time in discovery calls they're asking customers are asking you know what our what our bandwidth is from a data perspective you know how do we calibrate the market how do we stay competitive with the market and we talk about sonar because for us there's so much in it that it creates a level playing field i believe for us for some of the big boys we can go in with the intelligence that they have because of Sonar. So it usually is about 15 seconds or 30 seconds in a prospecting conversation. We say, we essentially pitch Sonar
0: and we lean on it.
2: Not that we don't have our own proprietary data sets and things that we leverage, but we pitch it. And people are very interested. And it usually results in another conversation because they want to go through it in detail or you send them a snip of maybe, I don't know, the predictive rates, or you look through the lane signal and you send them a snip of it. Um, it's powerful it's powerful stuff and it works so
0: we're using quite a bit that's great that's awesome i know we could probably keep going on that for a long time we're we're right at the end of the time here uh kyle and i have some really important things to uh share the viewers (laughs) here reacting to tiktoks so um the show must go on some groundbreaking items groundbreaking Mm -hmm. items here
1: no but that's you just just before you kind of before we part ways i mean some of those big things for everyone that's watching i mean we're recapping them just like Having that message to talk to your customers is really allowing you to be competitive with some of those top five brokerages that historically you couldn't really deal with because they have such a, a massive historical data set to pull from. Yep. And then secondarily, I mean, uh-huh. the way
2: strategic, uh-huh.
1: yeah. And then the way that you're making it, and from what we've seen, and from companies that I brought on and Luke brought on, it really comes down to a culture shift. You know, it sounds like from what you're even what you brought up that you know, we're talking about sonar data, we're looking at how things are moving. And when it's a cultural thing within the organization, it allows, you know, the employee to kind of feel like he does have that spear that's sharp and that he can go in and say like, no, we, this is, this is what we're seeing and this is how we're being strategic and are gonna grow. So that, thank you so much for that. That was very, very eloquent and we're we're happy you came on.
0: If folks wanna get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? I'm sorry? If folks wanna get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, LinkedIn, email are probably the best for me. I'm not much of a social media
2: guy. I got caught up on TikTok for a minute, and then I woke up <laughs> like three days later from,
0: from scrolling through TikTok. So I'm done with that. So email and LinkedIn you. probably good, stuff. good stuff. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Absolutely, I owe you guys tacos, and you owe me a shirt. That's
1: you a got deal. It. that's a deal. I I'll take that deal every day of the week. Absolutely, big taco fan. Absolutely, so. we will. No, well, but for those of you that have made it to this point in the series today, it is now
0: dun, 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 dun. TikTok time. There we go. This I, don't, is... I don't know. So, first off, for those of you, I don't know when they're going to throw something up, uh, uh, but uh, we we haven't seen these yet. Unless we've seen them on our own scrolling. And unless our own the algorithm, algorithm already time. got me. So. Yeah, unless the algorithm got us. But these are handpicked by our media crew in the back that make the magic happen. And I, What are we seeing here? Is the goal to try to not to laugh? I think they're supposed to be. First one's ready. So the goal is to try it out to laugh, but I don't know how we're going to laugh. Here we,
1: go. here we go. How does this vehicle send these images back to us?
0: Somebody, please cheat. The answer to this is actually pretty impressive. What they've done is they've run a HDMI cable between <laughs> Earth and Mars. It's probably the most right, expensive part a,
1: of the mission, actually. How does this
0: send these it images Luke's doing the same thing. Us. If Luke looks, lifts up I his do, computer, I do. I he'll have an be in 18K right, K right there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh <laughs> uh,
0: No, that's exactly I like how
1: it. I feel like it actually gets. I,
0: I think it's actually how it is.
1: I said to my son, what generation does Forrest Gump belong to? He said, what do you want me to go to Blockbuster and find out? I said, no, dummy. You better watch your mouth about Blockbuster.
0: It's Gen A. I said to my <laughs> son. Gen a. <laughs> that's a. That's a good one. I like that guy's creative. I've seen that guy before. He's, he's
1: creative. Oh no, no! I like that. So that shoot fun. us a comment if you guys like looking at a little bit of little, some TikToks to to finalize uh, the with sonar yeah. segments. Uh, you know, let us know. There are there any TikToks that maybe you want us to look at? We'll be yeah. sure to add that could, to the we queue. We can
0: get you you know a DM with the right with the right people and see if we can see it on our the next people. will we'll Talk to your people. people we'll we'll get the peoples people together and we'll be good to go. All the peoples. All the peoples will be there. Um, so, but uh, we've got uh, we've got another show next week
1: right? Yep. So another show next week, uh, we got more guests coming on in, in these future shows, which is awesome. If you guys Very have been exciting. paying attention for the past couple of weeks, we've been really guest heavy and that's really, thank you to our media team yep. and, that have really helped us, you know, get some of our guests and, and talk to some of our customer base. But if you guys are interested in, in you, maybe it resonated with you guys of what, what, uh, Michael said over at read TMS, I mean, Luke and I just send us a, a DM or even reach out to our, our, uh, on our website, you can fill out a demo request form and we'd be happy to yep. show you you know, what Sonar has to offer and maybe you can get some of these Supply Chain Intelligence shirts of okay, your own. Right,
0: first off, it's FreightWave's carbon intelligence and supply chain intelligence, carbon Carbon intelligence. within supply, supply chain intelligence. With a C. It is within supply chain intelligence. We'll give you a break there. But also, you want to see a demo with me and not Kyle, so make sure you request Luke. Yeah. I'll take care of you. We'll just make fun of Kyle the whole time.
1: Yep, even. Easiest way to find Luke is look for the look for the 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 photo that is taken from his closet that looks like yeah. it was his Uber driving photo from three <laughs> years ago. You'll find him real quick, trust me. But uh,
0: I do. If you if we're doing a demo together, I'm gonna be in my closet. I'm just saying robe
1: on, probably some slippers. Probably hasn't showered in three days. No, but it's perfect. No, this, we'll, is, this we'll, is fair. We'd be happy to to kind of break that down a little bit because yep. we we really you know. We dove into a lot of different segments today with with Mike and, and he yeah. and there's a lot there to be broken down.
0: But. And, and what I love about it too is like like everybody's experience is different, right? We're just looking at the data. We want to see what we, we want to know what you're experiencing in the market, right? We want to know what's happening to you, right? And 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 learn a little bit about that, right? So, you know, your boots on the ground, uh, which is really exciting. We'd like to learn how and how you're how you're, you know, managing the storm, if you will. Um, but we're, we're right almost at the end of time here. Come next week, though, another episode, uh, live,
1: 3.30. And next week, FreightWaves Live will, re- will re-release or relaunch uh, next Monday at 9 a.m. So be on the lookout. We're going to be changing a lot of how we're segmenting these videos. Yeah. And it's really going to be a lot, of, a lot of really good ways for you guys to con- to consume FreightWaves and all of what we have to offer. But Absolutely good stuff.
0: Well, folks, thanks so much for your time. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And we'll see you next week. Have a good day.